This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Suppose I were to ask you the question, who is the man who is the first president of our country? I'm sure you'd have a ready answer, George Washington, of course. If I were to ask you, Who's the man who eventually became president that was known as a rail splitter when he was a young man? You say, oh, that had to be Abraham Lincoln. That would be correct. Suppose I ask you this question. Jesus, who is this man, how would you answer? That's what we want to talk about today. And I want to encourage you and invite you to stay tuned as we talk about Jesus, who is the man, who is this man called Jesus. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I emphasize it is free. There is no charge to you for this course. And we want to pause long enough that you can learn more about the course and, and so you can learn how you can receive it and study it in the privacy of your home. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. You know, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked His disciples this question, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am. Uh, friends, there's not been a more important question in all of the realm of human thought than that question. Of course, unless it's a question of what one should do with Jesus when they learn who He is. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The men have applauded the character of Jesus Christ and they have been in their explorations about trying to determine the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. A little, bit, a little bit like Sir Isaac Newton, who in his search after knowledge said that he seemed like a schoolboy walking by the seashore picking up a pebble here and there while the vast deep road unexplored at his feet. Really, the unbelievers of the world have applauded the character of Christ. Pilate called Jesus the man without fault. Napoleon called Him the emperor of love. Robert Owen called Him the irreproachable. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
We're living in a day where we need to re-examine our answer and our faith and our belief in the answer to that question. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? I ask you, what kind of a Jesus are we going to present to our world today? Are we going to present to our world a Jesus like how Napoleon looked at him? Or Robert Owen? Or even some other man? Or will we present to them the Christ of the gospel? The most important fact in all of human history is the fact that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I I don't know of anything more important than the fact that God loved us so much that He sent Jesus Christ into this world to die for us. Who is Jesus? It was H.G. Wells who said, Here was a man. This could not have been invented. And Jesus was not invented. I don't know how you see Jesus. I know how I think we should see Jesus as God's Son. Let me tell you how Peter answered that question. When Jesus said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, there were various ideas about Jesus' identity. Some thought He was John the Baptist back from the dead. Some thought He was Elijah. Some thought He was Jeremiah the prophet. But He said, Now who do you think I am? And this is the way that Peter answered. It's it's found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But let me ask you a question. How do we know that for sure? How can we be sure that Jesus Christ is who He claimed to be? How can we be sure that He is more than just a mere man. That He was God in the flesh, and God in human form. And so I'd like for us to explore some things today that would hopefully undergird our faith in Jesus Christ as being the Son of the living God. And the first of those is the testimony of Scripture. What does Scripture say? And Scripture says that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God. It was at Jesus' transfiguration that God spoke and He said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. God acknowledged Jesus as being His Son. In John chapter 1 and verse 1 and following, we read, In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, and without Him was anything made. In John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came down from heaven in human form and dwelt on this earth. 
in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Paul penned this to the Philippian brethren. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who counted not the being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself in the form of a servant. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Wherefore hath God highly exalted him, and hath given unto him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ was with the Father in heaven. But Jesus divested Himself of the glories of heaven, came down into this world in human form for the purpose of dying upon the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus was God in the flesh. Sometimes people explain it like this, that Jesus was part God and part man. Oh, no, no. Jesus was all God. He was all man. In 1 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Well, let me ask you, how was God manifest in the flesh? In the person of His Son? Jesus emptied Himself in the form of a servant, found in fashion as a man, and He humbled Himself unto death, even the death of the cross. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might be rich. How was Jesus rich? He was with His Father in heaven. But what did He give up? He gave up the riches that He had in heaven, and He came down into a world of sin and suffering and sorrow. He divested Himself of the riches of heaven, and He lived a life of poverty among men. Why did He do that? Because Jesus came to save the world. Jesus Christ was God in human form for the purpose of saving all mankind. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.15, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul said Jesus Christ came down from heaven. He came down from heaven for the purpose of saving sinners. And he said, if you were to line up all of the sinners that have ever lived, I'd be the chief of them. I'd be the head of the line. He came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. And that means that He came to save you and He came to save me. Sometimes we just feel all kind of bypassed in life. Some of you right now may feel lost in life. That is, you don't feel a purpose in living. You don't really know why you're here. You don't know what your aim in life ought to be. But Jesus Christ came into this world to give you purpose in life, purpose to live. So the Scriptures testify to the fact that Jesus Christ was God's Son. Go to John chapter 6 and verse 38. Well, listen to what Jesus said there. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, 
but the will of him that sent me. Why did he come? He was sent to come. God sent him into the world. I came down from heaven not to do my will. I came down from heaven to do my Father's will. What was his Father's will? That he die on the cross for the salvation of humanity. Go back to John chapter 4 and verse 34. Listen to what Jesus said there. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Jesus Christ was sent into this world. In John 9 and 5, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, for the night comes when no man can work. And there would be a time that Jesus, his time was limited as well. And so Jesus was sent into this world. Sent how? Sent in human form. The scriptures testify to the fact that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. Now, for a person to reject that, for a person to deny the, 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 the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the deity of Jesus Christ, one must have to deny the Bible. Another thing that points to His divinity is prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecy. When, when the prophet spoke about Jesus, mentioning hundreds of details, some say over 300, some say over 400 details. I suppose it depends on who's counting. But nonetheless, hundreds of details were mentioned. Those prophets created a framework of certainty that could not be successfully denied. How can you test a prophet? You know, the Bible gives us an acid test for a person who claims to be a prophet. In Deuteronomy 18 and verse 22, there Moses said that if a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and the thing follows not, nor does not come to pass, well, he said that's the thing the Lord has not spoken. But he said the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. And if you look in Deuteronomy 18 and verse 20, he tells the end result of a prophet who speaks presumptuously. That is, he makes a prophecy. He speaks on his own behalf. He's not saying what God told him to say. It's his own prophecy. And he said that prophet will die. So it's a serious thing. Begin to deal with prophecy. But the prophecies of the Bible pass fulfillment. You take about prophecy about the virgin birth of Jesus. It is predicted in Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Prophecy fulfilled. You think a proud of prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Behold, a child is born unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, one of the things I note about that prophecy in Isaiah 9 and 6, he said, Unto us a child is born. Nothing unusual about that. But then he predicts the sex of the child, and the sex of the child is it will be a, a man-child, a son. 
and he refers to him as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who else could that be other than Jesus? Those prophecies are pointing to Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus ever came into the world. And then you turn over to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He is despised, and we esteemed Him not. Listen to it. Surely He has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. That's a prophecy, a messianic prophecy. That is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. So there's so many prophecies about Jesus. You take Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. O thou Bethlehem at Ephrata, though thou be little among the nations, yet out of he shall they come forth, who shall be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting to everlasting. That's a prophecy about Jesus Christ. And then you think about Zechariah 13 and verse 1. In that day there shall be a fountain open unto the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. There's a song often sung in some churches. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Those are prophecies about Jesus hundreds of years before He ever lived. A man by the name of Peter Stoner said that the odds of 48 of those prophecies about Jesus being fulfilled is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. I mean, that just blows my mind. That's unbelievable. That, that'd be a, a, a 157, 157 zeros. I don't think I can tell you what that number is. And you just imagine all of the prophecies being fulfilled. You see, Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy. The things written about Him and the law and the Psalms and the prophets are fulfilled. Luke, Luke 24, 44. Imagine, imagine you take a man that uh, has a bow and arrow, take him out to a target, you blindfold him. And you tell this man, now, what we're going to do is we want you to, to shoot at this target, but the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take you a thousand feet away from that target. Then we're going to take you 700 feet away from the target. And with the blindfold still on, we're going to take you 400 feet away from the target. What would you think if a man blindfolded with a bow and arrow in his hand would pull that bow at 100 feet away from the target and hit the bullseye? 
I don't mean to the right or to the left or the top or to the bottom of that bullseye. Center on. And then we move him up 700 feet away from that target and he does the same thing. Center on. And then we move him 400 feet away from that target, blindfolded, he pulls the bow, lets the arrow fly, and the arrow hits the bullseye right in the very center of the bullseye. You say, that'd be some pretty amazing shooting, wouldn't it? I said, absolutely it would. That's what the prophets did. Some of them lived a thousand years away from Christ. Some of them 700 years away from the time of Christ. Some of them 400 years away from the time of Christ. And when those men predicted the coming of Christ, His life, His death, His resurrection, they hit the bullseye every time. They fulfill prophecies about Jesus Christ. That makes me believe Jesus Christ is who He claimed to be. But then you think about the claims of Jesus. No other man has ever made the claims like Jesus did. Think about a few of them. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. I am bread come down from heaven. I am the door. I am the true vine. I am the alpha. I am the omega. If some man living today started making claims like that, we would think a man like that would be insane. But no one has ever been able to refute the claims that Jesus made. You see, Jesus Christ was everything He claimed to be. And, and then I believe He's the Son of God because of His marvelous teaching. Sometimes he's referred to as the master teacher. And he's a master teacher, for sure. It is said of Jesus in, in John 7, 47, Never man spake like this man. And of a truth, no one has ever taught quite like Jesus. Think about it. No one ever talked about God like Jesus. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No, no one has ever talked about man like Jesus. Jesus asked, what is a man profited if he gains the world and loses his own soul? No, no one has ever talked about salvation like Jesus. Jesus said as Moses was lifted up to serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. You see, Jesus Christ is who He claimed to be. He talked about salvation like no one else had ever been able to talk. He talked about life to come like no one else. Before Jesus came into the world, men were asking, if a man dies, will he live again? And when Jesus came, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
For He came to bring hope to the world. We have so many hopeless people today. Some of you that are watching right now may feel so hopeless. But I want you to know we have hope through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is everything He ever claimed to be. Think about the influence of Jesus. No one has ever been able to influence the world like the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about it? We date our letters because of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ came into this world, He split the centuries from B.C. to A.D. And when we write a letter or some kind of correspondence where we're going to date it, we date it not B.C., we date it A.D. And that takes us back to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one had the influence on this world like the Lord Jesus Christ. Darwin said, A man about to be shipwrecked on an unknown island will devoutly pray that the message of the missionary will have gone that far. And it was Napoleon who said, Can you imagine a man making conquest with an enemy or an army entirely devoted to his memory? And then Napoleon said, My army's forgotten me even while I'm living. Jesus Christ has such had a great influence on this world. Books that have been written, literature, music, all attributed to Jesus. I want to urge you to give your life to Jesus. Today, if you would give your life to Him by believing on Him with all of your heart, you repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus Christ, and be baptized into Christ, not because my Brother Lambert says so, because Jesus said, He that believes is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching today, and let me urge you today to call for the free Bible correspondence course. Please take that course, whether you want to take it by mail or by getting it online. It doesn't matter to us. We want you to have it so you can learn more about the Bible. And also, we'd urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You'll find people who love the Lord and love His Word. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.